silence fear. Think about that when he was out there and he said, peace. He was commanding the storm to come to peace, to come to rest. Peace, be still. He said that same peace he left with us. He said, I leave you my peace. My peace I give unto you. We have peace that surpasses all understanding. And it lives inside of us in the Holy Ghost, right? Amen. I practice releasing peace all the time. My kids have been griping and fighting for the last few days. For the last few years, really, but... The last few days, they've really been driving me a little bit, and I found the scriptures. Isaiah, I forget where it's at in Isaiah, but it says, Greater the peace of my children, and they'll be taught of the Lord all the days of their lives. How many know we can quote the Word of God over our kids? We, we can start confessing it now, right? And they didn't sound like they even wanted to hear it when I first started telling them. But after I tell them, they said, How long are you going to say this? I said, Till you get it. Maybe a few thousand times, maybe tens of thousands of times. That's what we got to speak on our situation, right? Yeah. I want my kids to have peace. I want to have peace in my life. And it's because of that name. Because he paid the price, right? All our kids can be dismissed to go tonight. I think, are you taking the younger kids, Sister Lena? I prayed for that earlier. I, hope, I was hoping I was right. <laughs> I don't keep track of those things, so. I think the, the older kids, or maybe the younger kids, it sounds like now, might be going to McDonald's to get a drink tonight and have their class, so. <laughs> Anyway, while they're working that out, you can see the title on the board tonight. It says, Take No Thoughts Saying. Take No Thoughts Saying, right? We have thoughts. We have imaginations. We have all those things. But until we say them, they have no life, right? They have no power. You can think everything you want to think, or you can have imaginations about things you want to have about. But until, they, until, we, release those until we release those words, they have no power, right? So you guys know that if you're here Sunday. Am I on? Can you hear me out there? You should be able to hear me anyway. I just don't know if my mic's working for the podcast. Um, Sunday, Grace was quarantined in the office, and she was throwing up and, and had thrown up since the day before. And Kylie was quarantined because she had that thing. We had a stomach bug going around her house. By Sunday evening, I started doing some stuff at work that I don't normally do. So I was, the stomach bug hit, hit me. Brenda had got it. Um, it. It just went through our house. So Sunday night at work um, was rough night, and I had to stay at work 10 point something hours. And so anyways, I was there all night, and it was rough, and Brenda had to remind me a few times during this day I came home, I was not feeling well the next day, and just made you feel blow. You wanted to lay in bed. You ever had the stomach bug before? You got stuff coming out that ain't normally coming out, and you just don't feel like moving. You don't want to do much of anything. You don't feel like eating or doing nothing, right? And, and it's easy to talk about those symptoms. It's easy to say, oh, I feel terrible. I feel this. I feel that. Oh, my stomach. Oh, this. Oh, that. Right? You all, everybody's been there, right? Brenda had to remind me a few times this week, or in, the la in, in that 24, 48 hours, whatever it was, don't focus on the symptoms. Don't focus so much on the symptoms. Focus on the truth. And I preach this all the time. I tell you all about it all the time. We can confess God's word over our life. But when he punches you in the gut, right, your head gets to thinking about the feelings that you're having, and you begin to speak. We all do it sometimes, right? Think about it. We, but she said, focus on the truth. Speak the truth. Don't speak the symptoms. Because I can speak the symptoms and I can magnify the symptoms and I can magnify those things or I can speak the truth, what God's word says about it, right? Because it says, by his stripes I'm healed. It says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, right? Stomach bug is a weapon, right? God didn't create the stomach bug, did he? It, it's, it's the enemy that created things like that. So in Matthew 6, 24 through 33, you guys might think, I know all these scriptures tonight, preacher. You're not telling me anything new. I've heard you preach this before 10 times. I need to remind you, this is going to be the 11th time, 
and you can't exhaust the word of God, right? I got something a little bit different about it. Sometimes we just got to be reminded, hey, get this down inside of you. If you haven't heard it before, maybe something will click in you today, or maybe this will be the time that it gets from your head to your heart, right? Because if we truly had this in our heart, we'd be speaking the truth all the time. We would never get to that point where we're speaking the symptoms. And this isn't just six symptoms. This can be all the promises of God. Anything that, anything that comes against us, we have over 3,300 promises of God in the Bible. That belong to who? Each and every one of us, right? Y'all going to be humdrum tonight? I was hoping we'd have a good service tonight. But if y'all want to sit there all long-faced and just stare at me like you don't know what I'm talking about, we can do that too, I guess. Right? I'm going to need a few amens and a few hallelujahs. I only got eight pages of notes tonight, so it should be a short night if you help me get out of here. Hallelujah. She wants to go have her some McDonald's too. If she amens me real good, I might pay for hers. <laughs> Matthew 6, 24-33, and I know there's a lot of scripture here tonight, but I want, you, I want you to put this together. So, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon, that word there, mammon, means money. You can't serve God and money. That doesn't mean money's bad. That doesn't mean we can't have money as Christians. Doesn't, it just means we don't serve God. Or, or we don't serve mammon, I mean to say. Not that we don't serve God. What was the word I used on Sunday, babe, that I said it wrong? I said, I said we were born selfless, and I meant selfish. And I was talking about my wife being selfish, and I said she was selfless, and she said, thank you. And I didn't realize it until she told me, and I went back and listened to the podcast. But I was talking about we were born selfish on Sunday. So I didn't mean that we don't serve God. We don't serve money. We can't serve money. Money makes a great servant, but a terrible master, right? If we serve money, we're in trouble. You can't, you can't chase after money and serve money and serve God at the same time is what he's saying here, right? So notice the first word of the verse 25 says, therefore. So he's talking about the same thought, right? He's still talking about ma'am and he's talking about God. But he says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. Don't, take, don't, don't worry about it, right? What you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food or the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And 27 says, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? If you don't know this, in the Bible, a cubit is from a man's fingertip, I believe it is, to his elbow. They say it's about 18 inches. It's a foot and a half. Who, but he's not saying you're going to add a foot and a half to your stature. He's saying, which of you can add anything to your life by worrying really hard? If you're stressing out about it, if I'm talking about the symptoms that I'm having, what's that going to add to my situation? Amen? If I'm worried really hard about what I'm going to wear to the dance next week, what's that going to, have, what's that going to add to my situation? Or, or you fill in the blank. If I'm worried really hard about my bank account, is that going to put any more money in there? Is that going to provide for, is it going to put shoes on my kid's feet if I'm just worried about it? We can't add anything by worrying, right? So why do we worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, neither do they toil nor spin. Now that caught me this time when I was thinking about toiling or spinning. This word toiling means to, they don't work. The lilies of the field, they don't work. Toil means to, to, to work or to, to break a sweat, the sweat of your brow, right? So they don't work, nor do they spin. And I thought, What's that word spend mean? So I looked it up and it literally means to spend. And I believe that's taken from 
the way I understand it is it's taken from they don't spend clothing. They don't spend the, the wool to make the cloth out of it, right? So they, they don't make clothes. They, they don't work. They don't do anything. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. 30. Now, if God so clothes the grass of, of the field, which, is, which it today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, he will, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Oh, me of little faith, I was worried about how my stomach felt instead of what the truth said about my stomach. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, right? We get involved in this. The next verse right here, I'd like for you to highlight this right here. This really jumped out at me this time. 31 says, therefore, do not worry. Saying. Saying. You see what he said there? Do not worry. Saying. And I'm going to come back to that. What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? In the King James, that verse 31 right there, that's New King James I was reading to you. In the King James, it says, therefore, take no thought, saying. So don't take a thought and say it, unless it lines up with the Word of God. That's why I tell the title of my message, Take No Thought Saying. Doesn't matter what the thought is, doesn't matter what the symptom is, doesn't matter what the bank account looks like, doesn't matter what the doctors say, what kind of report you got, doesn't even care, matter what your spouse says or your children say. Doesn't matter. None of those things matter except what the truth says. Take none of those thoughts and say them. Isn't that what he's saying right here? Don't take those things. The King James translated that to worry because he's saying, don't worry about a thought, don't, don't get involved with a thought and then start speaking that thing. Unless it lines up with the word of God. That's good right there. Sister Lena, that's that time it went boom and I got it. And y'all just looked at me. Remember we talked about Sunday? And you really get a revelation right there. Take no thought saying. Y'all get it? You get it? Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say those things. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter how much pressure the enemy puts on you. Don't say it. Take no thought saying. What shall we eat? What shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows what you need, or knows that you need all these things, right? He already knows it. He already knew that I needed the healing. Jesus already paid for the healing. So why take a thought and speak it over my life? Why speak it over my life? Why not get in his word and find out what the word says and speak that over my life? Wouldn't that be a lot wiser? And it's not just the stomach bug I'm talking about. This relates to everything. Yeah. 3,300 promises relate to you. Yeah. And if, the, if one of them doesn't relate to you today, it probably will in the future, right? But somewhere in there, there's a handful of them at least that relate to you right now at this present moment. Yeah. What are you saying? What are you, this goes back to our authority, Brother Adam. What are you saying? Right. We have to learn to say the right things when we see the wrong things. What's the right thing? His word, the truth. It's the truth every time, no matter what the situation, his word's always the truth. No matter what the symptoms are, no matter what it looks like, his word is the truth. You see, the devil, though, he likes to take the truth, and he twists it a little bit. He perverts it a little bit, right? He'll twist it just a little bit, and he'll put enough truth. Every good lie's got a little bit of truth in it. It's rooted in truth so that it's believable, right? So when he punches you in the gut and you're feeling that feeling, it's believable, it was really believable that that was there. But the truth is that I'm healed. The truth is that. The truth is no weapon formed against me shall prosper. The truth is if I had my mind right, I could have spoke to that thing and commanded it to flee from my body. Jesus even at one time cursed a tree and it died. 
He gave us that authority, didn't he? He gave us that power, but what are we saying? What are we speaking on the situation? We're too busy in our heads most of the time, right? I'm going to move on from this. Doesn't look like you're all too excited about it like I was. 2 Corinthians 10, 3, and 5. That's good right there. 2 Corinthians 10, through 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. We're here in, the, in this body. I live in this body, right? My flesh is my mind, my will, and my emotions, my soul, right? I live in this thing. But I don't war according to this thing. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't fight this fight with guns and knives and fists and knuckles, right? That's what he's saying here. Four says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. Now, we think of carnal weapons as mighty most of the time, don't we? We saw a helicopter fly over the water down there. We heard this, this sound coming for a ways first. And I said, There's a, we, we were sitting right next to this big rock bluff on our boat when we, we were fishing this week. And, and we were down in their ways, and the trees came up, and you could hear this helicopter coming, and it was, just, it was a military helicopter. It, I mean, it's a big bird, and it's just, it's just beating the air, and it's echoing off the ground. And I said, there's a helicopter getting ready to come over that hill. Everybody was like, what, what's going on? And this thing came over, and then when he came over, he came down into the, into the valley where we were at, and he was flying, I mean, lower than treetop height, but he was over the water, and the people in it were waving at us, right? We think of those weapons like that as mighty, but he says, our weapons are mighty. Your words are more, more mighty than that warbird there, right? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Because of God. Because this is delegated authority. It's not because my words have the power in themselves. It's because they line up with his word and he has the power, right? But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. This word strongholds right here means a castle, a stronghold a fortress, a fastness, anything on which one relies. Of the arguments and reasonings, arguments and reasonings by which a, a disputant endeavors to fortify his opinion. Where's your opinion at? It's in your mind, right? Yeah. Opinions are formed in our minds, right? And defend it against his opponent. Church, we've allowed the enemy to be in our mind for too long. He's fortified in our mind. He's, built, he, he, he's conquered the, 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 the walls that are around. If, if, if you picture your mind as a castle, remember how they attacked him in the old days? They had all those blocks up there. They'd have people up there shooting through those blocks. And then they'd bring a ladder in. They'd get over the thing. Y'all see movies like that, right? The enemy's been in our mind. He, he's came over the castle wall. He's been in our mind for too long. And he's got to speak in his things, right? The th- things he wants us to speak. Verse 5 says, casting down, still talking about that weapon, our weapons that are mightier, through God, casting down imaginations, I'm going to come back to that word in a second, and every high thing that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God. What's the knowledge of God? It's his word, right? There's no other way that I have to know God. I, I tell people this all the time. They'll, they'll say, well, what if your Bible's wrong? There's so many different Bibles out there, so many different religions, so many different translations. What if your Bible's wrong? And I say, the only, the only defense I have to that is I say, I've laid my hands on people and seen them healed. I've prayed for people. And I've seen broken back straighten out. I've seen people healed from leukemia. I've seen people miraculously healed. I'm not talking about years later. I'm talking about right now. Yeah. Seen them healed right now. And they come back and have a good report. Or you'll see them stand up straight when their back's been broken. Or, or, or people that can raise their hands that, that couldn't before because they were paralyzed with a stroke. I've seen this with my own eyes. Yeah. I know that I'm not crazy. I saw it happen. How else do you think I knew this God? I have no other way of knowing him. 
besides through his word. That, that thing, that, those pages on that ink, the ink on those pages right between that piece of leather. That's how I met him. I mean, man can tell you about it, but that's his, that's his word to us. So when you get into that word, there's so much power in that word, right? So much power in that word. That's how I learned to pray. That's how we're learning about our authority. That's how I learned to, to build my faith is through his word. Now, sometimes it's preach word, but it's all from the word. Amen. It's from his word, casting down that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So it's rising itself. Remember what I told you the definition for strongholds was? Of arguments and reasonings by which a, dis, a disputant endeavors to fortify his opinion. He's trying to rise himself above the word of God. The symptoms, the, the, the bank account, the, you name it. He's trying to rise what he wants you to say above the word of God. That's what he's talking about here, right? But God's given us a, word, a, a, a tool through him, a tool through him, a, a, a weapon through him, right? To cast these things down against the, the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. He's talking about thoughts, right? He's not talking about just blurting those things out and saying those things. He's not just, you know, when an imagination or a thought or a symptom or whatever it is comes against us, instead of just blurting that thing out, he's saying we cast those things down. We bring them into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Right. Amen? Yeah. Nothing should be higher than the Word of God, not even a symptom, not a bank account, not, not a, a bad report, whatever it may be. None of those things are above His Word, right? The Bible dictionary for that word imagination, I told you I'd come back to it, imagination is a reasoning... The Bible dictionary first says imagination or a thought. In the Greek, though, it says a reasoning such as is hostile to Christian faith. So this is the way he's using this word here. So it's, it's him trying to reason with us in our mind. And reasonings usually make sense, don't they? When I start reasoning out, I can't do this, and there's a reason why I can't do this, and I, or I can't afford this, and there's a reason why I can't afford this. And I, I don't feel good. My stomach's hurting. And there's a reason why. I, I, I saw Grace in my office throwing up on Sunday in a bucket. I know this. And I know it's going to last for this long. So you start speaking those things out. What do you think you're going to have? What do we think we're going to have, church? The imagination. Is, it, it's, I picture this as like a movie screen. You all, you all have an imagination. You know what I'm talking about. But I'm just trying to paint a picture with words for you. I picture it as like a movie screen in your mind. Right? And, and whatever's on that screen, it could be sickness on that screen, or, or they could come from a sickness. Your, your imaginations, they could come from, they could originate from that, from, from symptoms. They could originate from your emotions. How many of y'all get emotional? I have a 13-year-old daughter, you know, Lord. 14, she just turned 14, that's right. Well, when there's that many of them, you can get their ages wrong by a year or two, it's all right. <laughs> Sometimes I don't even get their names right. I have to come back and say, you know who you are, get in here. It could be, it, your imaginations could be, could be rooted in your emotions. They could be rooted in something that you see, right? You can see a glimpse of, of what's going on, and then you can just start imagining. This is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, or, or that probably already happened there. Or I, you get what I'm saying? We can just imagine from things that we see, even a piece of it. I can, I can use some words. I can start painting a picture for you tonight with words, and your imagination will start putting it up on the screen, right? And sometimes... It'll go further than what the words go. A lot of times it does, right? And if we're imagining those, if we're imagining those things, pretty soon we start talking about them, right? But, or it can be rooted in spiritual things. 
God can use your imagination. He gives me dreams all the time. Not, not as much as, not all the time, but pretty rarely. He gives me dreams, and, and the dreams that he gives me are true. They come to pass. And when they're from God, I know they're from God, and I can speak those things because I know that he's going he's gonna to bring it to pass, right? He says, old men will dream dreams. <laughs> I hate that part. <laughs> and young men will see visions, right? But he speaks to me. And it, so, so your imagination, the things that are on your screen in your imagination can come from spiritual means too, right? From God. So why did God give us imagination? And why, why would he do this to us and, and allow us to imagine things that are going to get into our mind that we're going to speak negatively about because we're going to start seeing these things, right? He gave it to us to, so we could picture his will for my life. Amen. If I'm getting into his word, you ever get in God's word? I know you have been in Revelation, Sister Elena and Brother Adam. When you get into God's word, though, and you start imagining what this demon looks like, and it has a face like a woman and his teeth and this long hair, or hair like a woman and whatever it said. <laughs> I don't remember exactly how it was worded right now, but that demon, when I, when I read that part about what those demons look like, you start imagining. I started imagining 18 or 80 pound hailstones are about the size of my fish tank on my you start imagining. God gives us these things, and, and if we'll get in his word, we'll imagine what our life should look like. Imagine if we could imagine what, by his stripes I'm healed, looks like. Imagine if we just imagined that so much that we just knew it. Or, or any of them. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. So any weapon that comes against me, automatically I know this thing's not going to prosper, so I can just start speaking it, and I know it, that I know it, that I know it, that I know it, and he can't get over that wall into the castle of my mind and get me to talk about that thing. Amen? Or when I look at my bank account, I already know that I'm blessed. God says that I'm blessed, and he said, he, he gave me his peace. So why would I even worry about it? Why would I get to begin to talk about how broke I am and how I can't afford it? That's what he gave us the imagination for, so we could imagine what his will is for my life, what his word manifests in my life would look like. Imagine if we could just imagine our authority and how powerful your words are. If you could just get that, if we could just truly get that and know it, that we know it, that we know it, that we know it. Yeah. I believe that's what God gave us our imagination for. Why do you think he told him in the Old Testament, who was the one that came after, um, not Elijah, uh, no, or Moses. Moses, then there was Joshua, Joshua. He told Joshua, meditate on my word day and night. Why do you think he told him meditate? Meditate, to get it in, to imagine it. Imagine what my word's going to be like when it manifests in your life. Imagine this. Imagine this when it, when it manifests. Through pictures or mental images. Though we get these pictures, we get these mental images. You guys can imagine some of these things right now, right? As we're talking about them. When we start imagining things, we start to believe it. You ever met somebody who lied so much they start to begin to, to, to believe their lies? Everybody knows somebody like that, right? <laughs> Everybody knows somebody like that. He has a big imagination too, right? Everybody knows someone like that though. Imagine if we would get these mental images of God's word. How God wants us to live, right? His word manifests in our life. What would we start to do? We'd begin to speak about it. We'd come in and be excited about it. Just like when you get that revelation and you come in and you got that revelation and I can't wait to tell anybody and you all just look at me. But imagine if we all got this inside of us. God's word manifests in my life, and I'm imagining it. I would come in and talk to you about it. You know what God gave me about his word, what he put on my image screen? And Dustin would come back and say, do you know what he told me about it? And we begin to speak, right? When we're imagining these things, we start to believe them, and we begin to speak, right? 
Church, we begin to speak everything that's on our image screen at some time or another. If we're not dwelling on God's word manifesting, we're dwelling somewhere. We're dwelling on the symptoms. We're, we're, we're dwelling on the number in our bank account. We're dwelling on what our spouse said or our children fighting or whatever it is. We're dwelling there instead of dwelling on his word manifest. Imagine these things, right? We begin to speak. When we begin to speak, we exercise our authority, right? God spoke the universe into existence. Can you imagine that? He spoke, and the sun popped out there. He spoke, and imagine how many gallons, trillions, and I don't even know a number big enough for it, of gallons of water that on the earth. And he spoke, and they began to shuffle around and separate. Can you imagine the power in that to happen in one day? In one day? Man can take all the machinery they got on this earth, and we can't do anything with it. He spoke it, and it happened in one day, right? He spoke it into existence. In Genesis 1.26, he said, let us make man and make him in our image after our likeness. He gave you the same authority. That's huge. Imagine if we could just get that. We wouldn't take all these other thoughts and say them. We'd say what his word said. The problem is, the enemy has a stronghold in our minds. We've allowed him there for years and years and decades in our lifetime. We've allowed him to be in there, running amok. He has that stronghold, right? He wants to take the things of God and pervert them, right? He'll give us just enough truth. He'll make them believable. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 again for one second. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through the pulling down of strongholds. The weapons. You should underline the scripture, circle it, put a big red X on it, whatever you got to do. The weapons that he's given to you, he gave them to each and every one of us. He gave to all of us the authority. He gave you words, right? To the pulling down of strongholds. That's why he said, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of him, right? That's why he said, take no thought, saying. Thoughts are going to come. You choose what you talk about. You choose what you allow to be in your mind. Because he talks right here about casting down imaginations. If, he, if, if we couldn't cast down imaginations and thoughts, then he wouldn't have said it. Would he? He, did, he didn't put anything in this book just for fluff or just for filler. If you don't have the power to cast those thoughts down, he wouldn't have told you to do it. Casting down thoughts and imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought. Every thought. That doesn't mean we can go over here and think about it sometimes. Doesn't mean we can play around with it part of the time or go over here and go over there. And remember what he said in, in uh, I forget what book it is, but he said, James, he said, you're tossed to and fro. Tossed to and fro like the waves of the ocean. We're going over here, we're going over there, we're going over here, and we're going over there, and then we go back over here, and we worry about this thing a little while, and then we go back over there, and we imagine on that instead of imagining on the truth. We got to stay focused on the truth, meditate on it day and night, right? Every thought, take, uh, bringing into captivity every thought, every one of them, every thought to the obedience of Christ. This word obedience in the Greek means obedience, compliance, or submission. Every thought has to submit to the truth. Every symptom has to, has to submit to the truth. Every number, every report has to submit to the truth. 
Jesus said we could speak to a mountain. Did he not? You all know these scriptures. You've heard all these hundreds of times probably. We've heard them all before. We know them all. But still we entertain those thoughts. We don't speak the right way, right? Take no thought saying, if we fight the enemy in the mental arena church, we'll lose. We'll lose. He's a master at his craft. He's been doing this for, for thousands of years. He's been doing this. He knows how to fool us. He knows how to dupe us. He knows how to give us symptoms. He knows how to punch us right in the gut and get you feeling them real good, right? He knows how to show you what's in your bank account and it's insufficient for your bills. He knows how to do all these things. He's sly and he's sharp and he's been practicing for a long time. Amen? Look at a, look at a child a 10-year-old child, when you're 10 years old, you don't know a whole lot. When you're 40 years old, you know quite a bit more. You're a lot smarter than a 10-year-old is. He's been doing this for thousands of years. Church, he's smarter than us. He is. He, he, he has a lot more information than we have. He's been around a lot longer. He's had a lot longer to collect the information. If we fight him in the mental arena, we will lose. He'll overwhelm us with thoughts and imaginations. And what we got to do is take him to the spiritual arena. Right? You're the king there. He gave us authority in the spiritual arena. We have authority, so we have to take him out of there. Right? Proverbs 18.21 says, life are, uh, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Your words, right? Take no thought saying. And they, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You'll have what you say you're going to have. Whatever words are coming out of your mouth, that's what you're going to get. If you're broke and you're talking about being broke, you're going to keep being broke. Right? If your marriage is not doing good, you're talking about your marriage not being good, and you're talking about your spouse, your marriage is going to keep being bad. If your kids are heathens, well, you get the picture. Find some scripture and speak over them. If you want to change the situation... Go to, your, go to your spouse and talk to him and say, hey, this has been the problem here, and I'm not blaming you and I'm not blaming me, but we're, we, we're probably both of them at fault. Or you get the situation. Maybe we're not having a problem, marriage problem, whatever it is. We're going to speak the word of God over those things, right? Thoughts will come. What will you say? You see, when we say it, that's what gives the thought the life. Without your words, it has no power. There's no legs to it. What will you say, right? We have to speak to the thoughts. That sounds a little bit crazy. Jesus answered the adversary, didn't he? Think about it. When they came against Jesus, when the devil came against Jesus, he twisted a lie, perverted, or twi didn't twist the lie. He twisted the, the, the word and made it into a lie, made it untrue, but he gave it enough of the word to make it look true, made it seem like God's word, and Jesus said, oh, no, you don't, right? He answered it with the truth. He answered the lie with the truth. He answered the thought with the truth. 3,300 promises. 3,300 promises we could be speaking. 3,300 things you can choose from to speak over your situation, yet we choose to speak lies, right? When the truth is more real than the lie is. Do you believe that God's word is more real than the symptoms I was having? Do you believe that God's word is more real than your bank account? He spoke this earth into existence. It's more real than anything on this planet. That's all we got to do is get it, right? When we begin to do this, we have to get, here, here's just, I've, I've said this to you all before, but, but when something comes against you and opposes you, get a report, you see the bank account, whatever the situation is, you fill in the blank. When you get these things, 
you find the word of God that, 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 that covers this, right? So if it's I'm blessed and highly favored or uh, help me with the scripture here. I'm drawing a blank. My, my God shall supply all my needs. If your bank account's short, you don't say, oh my God, I'm broke. I don't know how I'm going to pay the light bill. You say, my, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. And I know that well, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. So get away from my bank account, Satan. You get your hands off of it. I thank God that I'm a tither and an offering giver, Lord, and I call in provision for this thing. Yeah. Daddy, I, need the, I got this bill I need paid, and I know that you got this thing. Right. And start releasing his word. You cast down those thoughts, and then you release his word on the situation. Yeah. Or I cast down the thoughts of, oh, my stomach hurts. I know that I'm healed, so by his stripes I'm healed. Devil, you're a liar. Get your hands off my body. Symptoms, you flee from me. Virus, you die, I curse you in the name of Jesus. And keep speaking it, and keep speaking it, and keep speaking it, because you probably don't believe it the first time you said it. I know that I don't. Not completely, I know it. But I might not have it. We've got to keep speaking it, and keep speaking it, and keep speaking it. Amen? I hope some of y'all got some of this out of it. It meant a lot to me when he said, take no thought, saying. Because you're going to have thoughts, they're going to oppose us. We can even cast those thoughts down and take them into captivity. It's very important where we allow our mind to go to, where we allow our mind to dwell at. It takes discipline. We've got to bring it. When, it, when it's wanting to dwell over here and over there and over there and, and back over there, and we've got to say, no, mind, you come right back here. We're going to get on the Word. We're going to meditate on the Word. We're going to read the Word. You can even take authority over your mind. Yeah. I've done it, and it works. Mind, I take authority over you right now. God gave me the authority, and you're going to focus right here on what I'm focusing on. I'm going to spend some time with God, and you pay attention. You, you leave that other junk alone. You're going to pay attention right here, what I'm doing, or we're going to get in the Word. You get what I'm saying? You can even take authority over your own mind. Cast those thoughts down. Release His Word on the situation. This is how our authority works, church. This is how it works. We can't even get involved in the, in the, in the mind, in the mental arena, or He'll take us down. He'll do it every time. It's pretty silly of us to even try, but yet we keep going back there because we've allowed him in for so long, we forget. Amen? He hits us, he blindsides us with things, and then we forget what we already knew. Let's go ahead and close in prayer if we could. Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We love you, Dad, and we just praise your mighty name. Lord, I pray that you would just give us a true revelation of your word tonight, Father God. Help us to remember this. Take no thought and say it, Father God, unless it lines up with your word, Daddy. Thank you for this, Father God, and we praise you, Daddy. Lord, I pray that you would help, help it stick even in my mind, Lord, and in my heart, Father God, that I would remember these things, Lord, to take authority over my mind, to take authority over my body, Lord, any symptoms, any, any, any financial things, or wh whatever, the, whatever the case may be, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would just help us to use this thing, Lord. Use your words, Daddy, and adapt them to our lives, Father God, because we know that your word works, Lord. It's infallible, Father God, 100% of the time, Father, if we'll just do your word, Father. We thank you for this, Dad, and we praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray these things, Daddy. Keep us safe and bring us back here on Sunday, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.